excited this morning to have Brother Curry Montague and his good wife Dora and their youngest son Attila with us. I was speaking with Curry uh, prior to the, the worship service and I was trying to dis- determine how long that, that we've known each other and uh, it's a lot longer than I'd like to admit to. <laughs> Brother O.L. Ransom, years and years ago, uh, preached where Curry was a teenager, when he was a teenager, and when Curry decided to go into the mission field, Brother O.L. Ransom, one of the finest men I've ever known, made some appointments for Curry in the Cookville area, around that area, and he also made an appointment for Curry and his family at Grimsley Church of Christ. Now, you'll remember Joe Masters, who comes down and has spoken in the past on our summer series, and... That had to have been, he went into the mission field in 88, so it was before then. And if 88's 31 years. I remember that because I graduated in 1988 from high school. But anyway, Curry Montague is the very first foreign missionary I've ever known. And uh, he's been doing that since then. He's here. He has three sons. Uh, his oldest son, Christian, went on and uh, uh, to be with the Lord back a year ago in October. And his second son, Mark, is a student at the University of Memphis. And uh, if you'd keep uh, Mark in your prayers, he's having some issues with some uh, seizure problems. And uh, if you remember him, I know that the Montague family would appreciate that. And, of course, Attila is with us. And he was playing tennis over the weekend up in Knoxville. And so that gave them the opportunity to come down and be with us. And, And I appreciate so much... Uh, Curry and his good family, the Somerville Church of Christ oversees this work, and uh, they've been overseeing. I guess have they overseen that from the beginning, Curry? Uh, oh, okay, okay. Macon, where uh, Brother Ransom was preaching, started the oversight of this, and I think the Somerville congregation now oversees the work, and he's been doing a wonderful work in Hungary, and uh, we appreciate him coming here, and I'm not going to take up any more of your time, Brother. Come speak to us about the work in Hungary. Blessing to be here this morning, and I, uh, a few months ago, uh, my wife Attila and I, we uh, came to the congregation not knowing who was here or anything about the congregation, just really hopeful that we had found a good faithful congregation to worship with that Sunday morning, and right away found out we did when we saw Rick. So uh, we really appreciated being with you that Sunday a few months back, and I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be back this morning with you and to share with you uh, what's going on in Budapest, Hungary, and our work uh, that we're doing there and actually beyond uh, there as well. Uh, I appreciate you, Rick, brother. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I love you. I appreciate the work that you're doing here. Fine Bible class this morning. Uh, we just really appreciate the Owen family. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at a few slides this morning from uh, from Budapest. And I'm trying to get all my buttons turned in the right direction here. And uh, so uh, hopefully we're coming up with uh, the slides. I've I've got it slid on to on, but maybe I just need to advance. Is that everywhere? It works a little bit different. And uh, 
Well, there's nothing showing here, so that's got me thrown off. Sorry. Uh, I thought I had this on. I apologize. No worries. Well, while uh, while we're working on that, uh, I can still continue to talk about uh, about the work in Hungary. When I first moved to Hungary, thank you, brother. We're good. Uh, when I first moved to Hungary, uh, it was a communist country. And uh, I got involved in working behind the Iron Curtain uh, at a young age. Actually, I was a university student. And uh, we went in behind the Iron Curtain, uh, following on contacts, people that had been studied with in the, uh, in the past before our trips. We would look those people up, study with them in their homes. And uh, that really opened my eyes to that part of the world. And what I saw was that so many people had not had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And uh, this was a communist uh, uh, world behind the Iron Curtain. And uh, I, after going over twice in summer times, I started making plans to do full-time mission work behind the Iron Curtain. And that's how I landed in Budapest. Uh, I would have liked to have gone uh, back then. Uh, my goal was to go to Russia or the Soviet Union, it was the Soviet Union then, but it was not possible for an American to get a visa and live uh, during those days uh, behind the Iron Curtain. So, uh, well, excuse me, in, in, uh, in Russia or uh, the Soviet Union. But there were other places like Hungary uh, that, that, that I looked at, East Germany. And uh, Hungary, uh, I began to write the embassy there and began to realize, well, this is a place I could go and actually live. They will give me a permit to live there and to work with while I'm there to work and try to establish a church. And so the Lord has blessed us in that work since 1988. This is the Danube River that you're looking at, the Freedom Bridge that crosses the Danube River. The Danube River runs right through the middle of Budapest. At one time, there used to be two cities, Buda and Pest. Now... It's, of course, combined, and it's the city that you know of as Budapest. We say in Hungarian, Budapest. The S has an S-H sound. But this river goes right through the middle of the city. The Buda side is hilly, like, like around us here. We love these beautiful hills. Chattanooga is a beautiful, beautiful place, uh, especially after coming from West Tennessee where everything's flat, right? And uh, But interesting, there's, we can make a comparison because on the other side of the river here that you're looking at is the Pest side, and that is flat, like a washboard. It's, just, it's, like, it's like the Memphis area. It's, it's flat. Uh, we have uh, in the city of Budapest, it is the capital of Hungary. Uh, there's roughly a little less than 2 million people are the inhabitants of the, uh, the city there. Uh, here we see another bridge. There's a series of bridges that connects Buda and Pest, also two metro lines that go underneath the river that connect the city. The language, and, and that's always a, a good question. Someone asked me this morning, what is the language of Hungary? And it is Hungarian. Uh, our language is, is Hungarian. And interestingly enough, Hungary is an island in the middle of Europe as far as language is concerned. Well, the reason I say that is, we have the uh, Germanic languages to the west. Uh, Hungarian is not related to that at all. We have the Slavic languages that surround us to the east. Hungarian is not related to 
those languages either. So it's a very uh, isolated language uh, and uh, uh, one of the more difficult languages to learn. I'm, I'm blessed that uh, uh, after uh, studying for years, I do speak Hungarian. In fact, our home language is Hungarian. I was I was saying this morning uh, to someone that even my family, even when we're in the States, we speak Hungarian to each other. That's our family language. Uh, this Jewish synagogue in Budapest has some interesting history behind it. It is the second largest Jewish synagogue in the world. The first lar- uh, uh, the, and the largest uh, synagogue is actually in New York. I was honored to be able to receive my Hungarian citizenship uh, in March, on March the 15th, which actually is a, is a huge Hungarian national holiday. And uh, interestingly enough, I received that here in the United States at the Hungarian consulate in Chicago. Uh, for years, I'd been planning to get my Hungarian citizenship. Uh, my, my wife is a dual citizen. Our kids are dual citizens. So in order to become equally yoked, I thought it would be a good thing to go get my Hungarian citizenship. And uh, so I jumped through the hoops here and was able to receive that in March of this year. Uh, Brother Peter and uh, Sister Clara, myself, are here. And uh, the reason I'm sharing with you uh, this, uh, uh, this photo is because Brother Peter preaches uh, each Sunday while I'm away. When I'm there, I'm preaching, but, uh, or if we have a guest preacher to come and we're working on, uh, Brother Rick, we want to get him over there and preach for us, but, uh, Brother Peter is doing a fine job in working with the church. Sister Clara, his wife, uh, also, uh, helping as a preacher's wife, doing a great job, and we appreciate them so much. But what I'd like to share with you about them is that when we first met them, they were atheists. They did not believe in God. And uh, so they've been members for about 14 years, were converted about 14 years ago. And uh, if you were to hear Brother Peter preach or you were to hear him lead a prayer from the pulpit and you could understand Hungarian or we were to translate for you, well, you would think he'd grown up in the church. And uh, years ago, I asked Brother Peter, I said, you know, please write a, a history of your life. Write about you becoming a New Testament Christian from atheism uh, to a New Testament Christian. And he's done that, and we've got that uh, in the Hungarian language, and this is a great resource that we use, and we uh, offer this to people free of charge. And uh, so there are many, many other people like uh, Brother Peter that grew up under communism, grew up and were officially told that there is uh, no God. I remember when I moved to Budapest in 1988, uh, it was very hard for people to understand, for someone that had graduated from high school, from someone that had, had higher education, had graduated from a university, to say that that person believes in God. Because the two didn't connect for them. They were told under their educational system from kindergarten up that God does not exist. They were told that if you believe in science and the scientific uh, uh, discoveries, the scientific method, then there's no place for God. And they would say, oh, you know, Grandma, maybe she believed in that fairy tale, but, you know, God doesn't exist. And so they heard that over and over and over again. You know, it's been said if you hear a lie a thousand times, it's easier to believe that than the truth that you heard only once. And that's so true. And that's the reason we have gone to this part of the world. 
so that people can hear the truth, and not just once, but over and over again. I'm so proud of Brother Peter, Sister Claire, the work that they're doing, uh, helping us with the work in Hungary. We're blessed in recent years by uh, students that will come, especially for higher education, to work usually on a master's degree or to go to our medical school. We have a fine medical school in uh, Hungary. And uh, here we have two students, Brother Stephen from Nigeria and Brother David from Ghana. Uh, they're already members of the church. And so they will come and they, wait, they will go through a master's program uh, that Budapest will offer or Hungary will offer. It's taught in English, of course. And uh, this way they have a way of developing uh, themselves and, and, and receiving higher education. And, uh, but, of course, they'll look for the Church of Christ so that they can worship, and they're usually very active in the church, and we appreciate uh, these men. Through the years, they will come, be with us for a couple of years, then leave, and we'll have another uh, person to come through. young lady a few years back from Nigeria went to medical school and uh, worshiped with us, and these are usually always faithful members and help us with the work there. Worship in Budapest on this particular Sunday it was April uh, the 14th, and Brother Peter is leading... Uh, our worship leading and singing there. Uh, here is uh, another uh, shot of the congregation on this particular Sunday on April the 14th of this year. Uh, after worship, we always have a fellowship. Usually it's either coffee or tea, uh, hot tea usually, and some cakes that one of the ladies will bring. Uh, and we encourage people to stay afterwards so that we can get to know them. Uh, our members come far away usually from different villages, not just from Budapest itself. And so this gives us an opportunity to uh, get caught up on what's going on with each other. If we have a visitor to come, this gives us an opportunity to get to know them. It's very in, in, important in, in this culture and in our church work. Sometimes we'll have a Bible study that will actually just take place right after worship. You may have a visitor that's heard something for the first time in their life, and they have a question about it. I don't like to put that off to next Tuesday or next Friday, because it, that question may not be important to them anymore. Uh, so we try to hit while the iron's hot, and uh, many times on Sunday afternoon after having a coffee and a piece of cake, we'll sit down in a quiet spot there, and, and, and we'll start having a Bible study right then. Fellowship meal, uh, we have these from time to time, just like I'm sure you have, and we have some very good Hungarian cooks and very good Hungarian dishes, and looking forward to Brother Rick coming and uh, taking part in that as well after preaching for us. Debertson, Hungary. Debertson is in uh, eastern Hungary, uh, and uh, we are on this occasion, uh, a group of us have gone from the church in Budapest to be with the church in Debertson on this particular Saturday in a day of uh, lessons and, and uh, devotion and uh, uh, fellowship together uh, with the saints there. And... Uh, there we go. Uh, Brother Don Green from Memphis uh, is uh, with us on this occasion, and he's teaching there uh, during this hour in uh, Debertson. Brother Don Green is, comes over quite, a, uh, quite often and works with us. Brother Mark Lance, uh, who you may know, uh, went through the preaching school in Memphis, has been over 11 times. And uh, looking forward to the next time coming over. We really appreciate these fine men that come over and work with us. Uh, Brother Peter again here to the left, and uh, Brother Shandor from Romania in the middle, and myself. And you may think, well, 
he probably speaks Romanian. Well, he speaks Hungarian because he lives in a Hungarian part of Romania. Transylvania, which is the western part of Romania, used to be Hungary before World War I. And so also if we go into Serbia, the uh, which borders us to the south, we have Hungarian villages in Serbia. Why? Because, again, this used to be Hungary before World War I. And so you'll go through villages where they don't even speak anything but Hungarian. Culturally, they're Hungarian. Uh, the language-wise, they're Hungarian. And so we do go to these places and have Bible studies, and we've converted people in these different areas. So not just uh, the country as we think of today as Hungary, but also surrounding areas as well that, that we work in. Friends and Family Day, we, uh, Brother Mark Lance helped get us, help us to get this started a few years ago. And we've been doing this for a number of years. We have it once a year. It's a great outreach for us. And we have people that will come this time, uh, to be with us where they won't come other times. They, they, they just, they don't feel threatened by coming to a Friends and Family Day Sunday. We uh, have, we rent a larger facility than what we normally have so that we have enough room for this. And, uh, October the 6th of this year, uh, we had a fantastic Friends and Family Day. We had 53 total uh, uh, that were with us, 16 visitors. Seven of these are first-time visitors, never had been to a service of the Church of Christ, uh, not including campaigners because this was part of our campaign. I shouldn't have to put that in there, but I, don't, I, I want people to know we're not counting campaigners when we count uh, this. People were present from five different towns besides Budapest for our Friends and Family Day. Uh, and Brother uh, Panet from Cambodia spoke for us this year. Brother Panet is a good friend of mine. He used to be a Buddhist, was converted years ago. And so I asked him, I said, please preach to us on the topic of how God's word changes our lives. Well, he had a great story to tell, right? And he told about how he was converted from being a Buddhist to a New Testament Christian. He's doing a fine work in Cambodia. He and his wife, Ia, were there with us for our campaign in uh, October, and uh, we really appreciate them so much. He's uh, looking forward to coming back and wants to come back and uh, work with us on our next campaign next year. Brother Shandor that I showed you earlier, he spoke in our Friends and Family Day last year, and the exciting thing about that was that he was a guest speaker, but he spoke Hungarian. For the first time, we had a Hungarian speaker for our Friends and Family Day as a guest speaker, and we didn't even have to have a translator. So uh, that was that was a first time for us, and that's the reason I wanted to share uh, with you about that. Here we are at Friends and Family Day, uh, the audience there. It's an exciting time for us. Uh, Brother Nandor Chetty from Debertson uh, taught our uh, adult Bible class on uh actually last year and this year for our friends and family day. And Brother Nandor has an interesting story. Brother Nandor uh, is from Debertson where he preaches and teaches, but he went to the university in Budapest, a university of economics. It used to be called Karl Marx University. Uh, that name has been changed since communism has gone away. But uh, Brother uh, Nandor uh, was raised an atheist, as so many people. Uh, and uh, But when he was a university student, uh, he began to study the Bible, and he began to attend our services. I'll never forget, it was a Wednesday night uh, that he came in for a Bible study in Budapest. And I was, well, that was back when I was 
younger. <laughs> and uh, uh, during the first part of our work, uh, I can say in Budapest, Hungary. But I never, I never forget coming in on a win- for a Wednesday night Bible study nine door, and that guy looked lost. I mean, he walked in, and and he, right before the Bible study was going to start, Rick he looks at me and he says, "You know, I don't know if I'm in the right place or not because I don't know anything about the Bible." And I, I thought he was going to leave, and I said, "That's fine. Just stay. We'll study together." And so he did, and uh, we studied through the years and through the years and through the years, and uh, after several years, he became a New Testament Christian. I remember one, another Wednesday night, uh, months after his first time coming, his mother came all the way from Debertson, three, hour, three and a half hours away, to see what her son was up to. And, you know, most atheists in Hungary are what I would call a passive atheist. They don't... They don't believe in God because they really haven't been taught to believe in God, but they don't have a problem if their child believes in God. Or, but this was a different situation. She did not want, her and her husband, they both were engineers, they did not want their child, this non-door, to believe in God or to go to any church because they didn't want him to become weak. They wanted him to be a strong man. And so I remember her coming and that Wednesday night and she had all these questions and 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 I could tell she was upset. I could see smoke kind of boiling out of her collar. Years later, she came uh, to uh, uh, something we were having in Budapest. The church was having, and we were having a baptism. And she asked me, "Can I, Curry? Can I come to the baptism? I'd like to see that because I'm interested." I thought, "Whoa, is this this lady? It was about like 18, 19 years before that I saw smoke coming out of the collar when you mentioned God or the Bible." And, uh, and I said, sure, hey, great, because we don't have a baptistry, so we have to go somewhere uh, for a baptism. And uh, it was just a few months later that she was baptized into Christ. And we had an event, like I just showed you earlier, the church went to Debertson, and she was cooking, and she was fixing the meals, and she was doing everything for everybody. It's amazing to see how God's Word changes people's lives. From a person that's an atheist that doesn't believe in God, a person that is a Buddhist, and yet they can study God's Word. It's not me. It's not Curry that does that. It's God's Word that changes people's hearts and changes people's lives. And sometimes, yes, it takes 20 years or more. Uh, But never give up. That's a message I'd like to leave with you this morning. If you have a loved one that's not a member of the church, if you have a loved one that's that's gone away, never give up. Continue to pray for that person. Continue to let God's Word work in their lives. Sister Angela, this is Nandor's uh, wife, is teaching the Bible class for the children uh, and at our uh, Friends and Family Day. This lady, Veronica, she received a flyer, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. In our campaigns, we have a flyer campaign. We hand out flyers uh, to people that we meet on a square, inviting them to come to nightly Bible studies. This is the campaign that we just had in October. This lady received a flyer eight years ago, and she's come to our friends and family day every year. And uh, I'm excited that this year, not only did she come to friends and family day, she started coming to the worship services. And when I go back, I'm going back to Hungary, Lord willing, I will leave Thursday to go back to Hungary, then uh, I will be studying the Bible with her. And uh, this is a big change in her, even though it's taken her eight years to get to this point. 
where she's really showing interest in God's word as far as studying God's word. So you never know. Fellowship afterwards. We always have a nice meal after our uh, services on Friends and Family Day, and here we are eating and talking and having fellowship, getting to know our visitors that have come to be with us on this special Sunday. Uh, this is uh, Nandor's father. This is a friend of his. They went to university together. So his father, who's not even a member of the church now, and we're praying for uh, Imra. Please pray for him that he will become a New Testament Christian. Uh, but this is a friend of his. They went to the university together. So he invites him to come. He lives in Budapest, so he invites him to come uh, to uh, the Friends and Family Day. Bori. Bori may be a strange name to you. Actually, it's the lady's name to the right, Bori. Uh, I have been, she's one of our neighbors. She lives in the building that, that we have a flat, uh, in, uh, uh our family does in, in Budapest. And she's a neighbor and I, we've been studying with her on and off for years. And I've been asking her to come to a worship service, asking her to come. And for years, she never did. This year, she came to Friends and Family Day, but not only did she come, she brought her husband and her two kids. So that's fantastic. So we're really excited about that. Our fall campaign for 2019 that we had in October, uh, just some things I'd like to share with you. Maria Cardosh was baptized on October the 14th. Uh, this is after 23 years of prayers and studies. This is my wife's mother. And I'm just so excited. We have studied and studied and studied with my mother-in-law. And it just, you know, sometimes it's hard to work with family. Sometimes it's hard to work with in-laws. Never give up. Pray about it. And take it a step at a time. You can't push. You know, you'll push away. But you have to just study with it, give it some time, and let them reflect. And I was shocked after after friends and family day. They always come every year. It's a three and a half hour trip for them. They don't live in Budapest. They live in eastern northeastern Hungary. But they they came this year. And afterwards, my mother in law said, "I'm thinking about baptism." I'm like, "Whoa!" I was so shocked because she had never talked like that with such conviction before. And so we made a trip one Saturday. The campaign group did, and uh, we went to the town that they lived in, and we studied with her. And uh, then the next day, I had the privilege of baptizing her into Christ. We gave out twelve, about 12,000 flyers we passed out. This is about what we usually, the number we pass out on a campaign. We had 15 nightly meetings in addition to Sunday mornings. 21 visitors total for the campaign, not including campaigners. Nine new visitors. This means nine visitors that have never been uh, to uh, a Bible study or to a service of the Church of Christ before. Uh, 21 new contacts with follow-up information for working on in the square. The square, again, is where we're handing these flyers out. We're meeting people. We're talking to them about Christ. But specifically, we're meeting people, inviting them to come to the Bible studies that we have at 6 o'clock every evening during the campaign. We also worked with three unfaithful members, uh, trying to help bring them back to the Lord. And uh, I assigned different people, different campaigners to each one of these uh, individuals, and I uh, really appreciate the work that they did with them. Uh, six have agreed to study with us in the following months uh, from our contacts. And uh, since the campaign has ended, uh, a young man by the name of Laszlo has called me and wants to meet with me when I go back to Hungary. That'll be uh, the end of this week. Ava, 
A lady that uh, has not attended services for a long time has come and attended the services. And Veronica, I showed you a picture of her. Also, uh, Bori Margo planned to attend in the future. So uh, we've had a really exciting campaign. Uh, here you see our campaigners, Danny McCain, uh, Brother Don Green, Ia and Panet uh, Uch, Ryan Manning. Uh, Ryan preaches at uh, the Somerville Congregation and myself. And the flyers we're holding up. This is what we hand out uh, to people uh, for uh for an invitation for them to come to our services, but especially to our uh, nightly Bible studies. And here you see uh, Brother Ryan is out uh, handing out a flyer. This is what we're doing on the square. During the mornings, we break for lunch, we go back in the afternoons and we do this, and then we knock off in time to get ready uh, for our Bible study at 6 o'clock each evening. Radio work. I'm excited about our radio work. This is a new program for us, and we're uh, we're we're so excited. I uh, for t- many many years, were months, and and then turned into years. Actually, we were trying to get radio time with local radio stations there in Budapest, and we just couldn't get anybody to give us any time. Uh, there were the religious pro, uh, stations, they you know, but then there are other stations, and 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 we just. That no one would give us time. We, we, I was just trying to get a 15, 20-minute segment once a week. And I told Brother Peter, I said, let's pray about this. We've got to be able to get this, make this work somehow. And uh, this is one of our goals. And uh, I'd come back to the States one time, and I was driving. I was driving. I was almost in Memphis. And, uh, and then I get a call from Mark Lance in Louisiana. And Brother Mark said, Brother, have you thought about radio? And I said, yeah, Mark, you know, I'm... In fact, this is something we're trying to get off the ground, and we just, we're just we stuck. And he said, well, a guy's going to call you in a few days about that. And I thought, well, how is this guy from America going to help me get radio time in Hungary? And Aaron Kozart gives me a call uh, from Truth FM, and then I realize he's talking about Internet radio. And everything clicked in my mind because I we know Internet radio. It's very popular in Europe. And uh, I never had thought about that before. And uh, Truth FM, are, they're doing a great job. They help churches of Christ around the country set up their own Internet uh, radio stations. And we are the first uh, 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 non-English speaking, foreign English speaking uh, church that they're working with. And so we're very excited about that opportunity. And uh, most Hungarians have smartphones. Uh, most Hungarians have Internet in their homes, so they're able to access Internet radio. And this is at Collierville, Tennessee, Brother Aaron Kozart with Truth FM. Our son Mark Montague there is doing some recordings uh, because he speaks Hungarian, uh, and this is Total Hungarian Station. And uh, we're making preparation today. If you go to uh, Elovis Radio, uh, this is Living Water Radio in Hungarian. Uh, this will come up. You can do that on your smartphone, and you can hit the button, and it'll start playing uh, what's they're hearing in hunger any, anywhere around the world. Uh, and so we're excited about uh, this new radio station. Uh, as I said, it's the first non-English station for Truth FM. We're up and running 24 hours a day, and we're very excited about the many programs and possibilities uh, that we plan to incorporate in the future. I'm going to go through this very quickly. Time is running out. Uh, let's move on to the next, translating and printing. Uh, we are working on uh, several things. We have several things we've printed in the Hungarian language, and we've got several things in the meal now that have been translating. We're just 
translated into Hungarian. We're just waiting to print them. Uh, and uh, these are some of the things that uh, we've been working on. We have a few more here. Uh, Brother Peter's book uh, there to the left. Uh, we already have that. Uh, a number of those are printed, and we're using those. Uh, but uh, we want to do more in printing to reach out. Uh, this is Sunday lunch at Peter and Clara's house. They live in Sant Andre, Hungary, which is outside of Budapest, about an hour away. And uh, we many times we sit around this kitchen table and had Bible studies or outside. Uh, uh, this is right out uh, outside in their backyard. Many times we sit out here in the yard and had Bible studies with friends or neighbors or people they would invite. Uh, I really appreciate so much uh, brother and sister Fehervari or uh, Peter and Clara. Uh, this is Maria. Maria was converted years ago because she received one of those yellow flyers. And uh, uh, Dr. Yolan also came because she received a ye- yellow flyer years ago. Uh, some of the people that we're studying with and hope to baptize soon. I'll just uh, flip through these. This young man to the right, he and his family have come for Friends and Family Day for several years in a row. I knew him since he was a little boy uh, when I first moved to Hungary. Now he has uh, three children himself. Bela in the middle here, this man, his wife is a member of the church. He comes faithfully to church. He just has not become a New Testament Christian. Please pray for Bela. Uh, and he will help us do anything. If we have to come Saturday and move something, he will be there. Uh, Gabor, uh, this man is very close to becoming a New Testament Christian. He uh, is talking about being baptized. He just needs to make that step, and so we're prayerful that Gabor, Gabor will do that soon. Bela, another Bela to the left here, and Brother Peter to the right. Uh, Bela also knows what he needs to do to become a New Testament Christian. And uh, and is talking about being baptized. He just hasn't made that step. So uh, we're, of course, trying to encourage him uh, to do that. Balash, the young man to the left, also a neighbor of Dora and I's there, lives in the same building. And uh, Balash has, we've been studying with him uh, the last couple of years. He's attending services on and off. Uh, again, he was raised an atheist, not to believe in God. So these, he's... It takes a while to convert somebody from an atheist uh, to becoming a New Testament Christian. And so please pray for Balash. We, he would be a great addition uh, to the congregation. And uh, uh, this is Bori you saw earlier. This is her, her two children there. And uh, so excited that she has attended a service now. And uh, she, with her, with her whole family, and uh, we can, we have had a Bible study with her since then and uh, we will continue to study with her as well. Sobach is a med student, a friend of Mark's, our son that you saw earlier. Uh, and he comes actually several hours, about three hours, just to meet with me every time I go, almost every time I go to Hungary. Uh, I make six trips a year to Hungary. I'm uh, living basically both places, Hungary and here. Maria, that I mentioned, uh, was baptized after 23 years of prayers and study. She was baptized on October the 14th. You know, there's a Madagascar palm tree. They say it takes 100 years to flower. Can you imagine? That's more than most people's lifetime. And so the point I'm trying to make is let's don't give up on people. Let's keep watering. Let's keep tilling the soil. Let's have patience and pray for them. 
I know that you've known people that it's taken years to become a New Testament Christian. I'm so excited. And my wife's in-laws will be coming to the States for Christmas to visit us. So I'll be making a trip to Hungary, getting back here uh, to be here for Christmas, and then our in-laws will be coming. And you can believe that we're going to continue to study, of course with Maria, but with her father as well. He's not a, he's not a Christian or her, or her brother, Robert, will be coming as well. So please pray for Robert. Please pray for Janos or John in English. Uh, this is Dora's father uh, as we continue to work and study with them as well. Goals for 2020, translating and printing, radio program, uh, hoping to baptize uh, Bela, Gabor, Balash, Bela, and others. Continue to follow up with 2019 contacts, contacts and working on our fall campaign for 2020. And Lord willing, I will leave for Hungary on December the 5th. I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to come and to share with you about uh, what we're doing in Hungary. Uh, we're in a transition period. We have a number of older people that are becoming shut-ins. We have a lot of people that have moved because they needed to get work. Our economy is starting to become stronger, so that's going to start to hold our young people. Our young people have been getting their education and going to another country because there hasn't been work in Hungary. So we're excited about the next few years in our work in Hungary, the uh, possibilities that we have there, the opportunities that we have there to continue to share the gospel. Uh, you know, there are labor-intense crops. In, in West Tennessee, there, uh, there are flat lands and, and big fields, and so farmers there will just will, will plant crops with machines, it's not very labor intense compared to this area where it's hilly, right? And, and crops are, you can't use big machinery so it's more labor intense and yet they're very good crops that are raised here uh, in this part of Tennessee. And when I think about the parable of the sower, as we see here in Luke chapter 8 verses 4 through 15 and sowing the seed, I'm reminded of this, that sometimes we sow the seed and we have to have patience and we have to, uh, we have to realize it's labor intense. When we go out and hand out these flyers and stand out in the morning and then come back in the afternoon and do that for two weeks, you know, that's, that's labor intense. And yet it always produces results for us. One of the interesting things when I look at Luke chapter eight and, you know, of course, we're so familiar with the four different places the seed fell, right? Beside the road in verse 5, the rocky soil in verse 6, among the thorns in verse 7, and then the good ground in verse 8. But a couple of things comes to mind when I think about that. One is that how was the seed sowed? It was broadcasted, right? We're not out trying to figure out which soil is this, and then we're going to drop one seed in that soil. I learned that as a young man going to the mission field because I would study with somebody and I'd think, this person's going to become a Christian. This person over here, I'll study with them, but I don't, you know, nothing will come from that. I can't tell you how many times it was reversed. It taught me real quick, you're not a, God didn't put me out to judge souls, but he put me out there to, my job is to broadcast and to throw the seeds out everywhere. And so when I think about that in this light, I think about how many seeds were thrown out in this parable. Well, it doesn't tell us. But we know if it was broadcasted, I mean, countless seeds. I mean, you just keep throwing them out and throwing them out. And if it falls on good soil, then 
it's going to produce. My message to you this morning, never give up. Just like Maria, just like uh, Nandor's mother. Sometimes it takes time for that seed to germinate and to produce fruit. But what about you this morning? Are you a New Testament Christian? Have you heard the word? Have you believed? Like the Ethiopian unit in Acts chapter 8? Have you confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Have you repented of your sins? We're taught in Acts chapter 2 to repent and be baptized. So have you heard the word? Have you believed? Have you confessed that... uh, have you, have you, excuse me, have you repented? Have you confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And have you been baptized in the watery grave of baptism? If you have not, there's not a better time than this morning to do that. There are members of the church here that love you and care for you and would be so excited and, and thankful for you to come forward this morning. Maybe you have done that. Maybe you are a child of God. But maybe you're no longer walking with Him as you once did. There wouldn't be a better time than this morning to come back to the Lord. We ask that if you have a need to come this morning, that you do now as we stand and sing.